0: To the Hebrews Chapter Ten, verses eleven through fourteen. It reads thusly Every priest goes to work at the altar each. offers the same old sacrifices year in and year out and never makes a dent in the sin problem. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for sins, and that was it. Then he sat down right beside God. And waited for his enemies to cave in. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people by that single offering he did everything needed to be done for everyone who takes part in the purifying process a reason to shout Every day at the same hour the same crowd stirs up the dust on the winding roads to Jerusalem. Every day the same noise fills the air. The shouting of hucksters, the bleating of lambs, the lowing of bullocks, the cooing of Pigeons and doves. Every day. Bloody Levites. Will kill animals. Drain the blood. Into basins. And pass it on to the high priest, who in turn sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat. Every day, the same ritual, the same clamor, The priests stood in the presence of God, presenting sacrifices repeatedly. They stood because their work was unfinished. The sacrifices could never take away sin. Only remind the people of their sin. So the priests stood always ready To offer another sacrifice. (laughs) But the writer of the Hebrews tells us about Jesus who for our sake (laughs) sanctified himself. Set himself apart. Jesus had only one thing to do when he left the upper room on the night he was betrayed. He had fulfilled the law and the prophets. There was just one thing to do. He had established the fact of the kingdom of God being at hand. There was just one thing to do. He had come to offer his sinless body as the perfect sacrifice. It was totally satisfactory and eternally effective. So, unlike the priest, Jesus does not stand in the presence of the Lord. He sits down on the right hand of God. His Work is done, done perfectly. So he sits down. The work of salvation has no flaws. It never needs to be repeated. Its effect is forever. So he sits down on the power side of God. The side of preference. The side of equal honor. And that says to us that having made the perfect and acceptable sacrifice for our sins we have access through Christ to the power of God the power to change the power to be better than we are. The the power to bless the power to raise up and the power to cast down. It, 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 it says to us that through Christ we always have the ear of God. For Christ has preference with the Father. Amen. That's why he says ask in my name. I have the ear of my Father. No spirit in heaven interferes with my speaking to him on your behalf. Jesus says, I have preference. When I need to speak with my father, everything in heaven gets quiet so that I can be heard when I speak. That's a reason to shout No, 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 sense in sitting around with your chin on your chest wondering whether or not you ought to say anything to a spirit that you can't see. No need of messing with that. Jesus says, I, have yeah. preference all you got to do is call my name yeah. that's the reason to shout yeah. now we don't have to be ashamed of jesus We need not blush to speak his name. For he sits on the side of equal honor. Paul tells us in Philippians 2 that as the pre-existing Christ Jesus thought it not a thing to be grasped to be equal with God but gave that up temporarily. He laid that equality aside and took upon him the form of a servant and humbled Himself to become the perfect sacrifice by his death on the cross. But now that has been accomplished once and forever, and he returns to the Father and clothes himself again with that equality as can say to us today, I and my father are one. And as he says that, he sits down. That's a reason Oh, but it gets better. The fact that Jesus' one sacrifice was perfect, sufficient, and thus eternal, speaks to us about the depths of its effectiveness. And we just have not taken time to plumb the depths. We will find a reason for a joyful religion When we recognize that the force of Jesus' sacrifice reaches back to Adam and cleanses our lives of past transgressions, they are wiped out. Whatever we were is wiped out perfectly. The one sacrifice hovers over the present wherever we are tempted and yield yes. consciously yes. or unconsciously, yes, sir. willfully yes. or unwillfully, yes. it has already yes. been yes. wiped out yes. perfectly. When we repent, we only receive forgiveness already given. If we should live 100 years We have no way of knowing what we will do or what we will omit doing. But Jesus knows and it has already been wiped Have to do is receive it when we realize the need. So Paul says, right now, there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Paul presses the truth and asks who shall lay anything To the charge of God's elect. What prosecutor shall read a list of charges against us in the presence of God? It is God that justifies. Yeah. Who is it that condemneth? It is Christ that died rather. That is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He has the ear of God. And pleads his one sacrifice that wipes out any charges from any source, so we are not condemned. That's reason to shout. But something more is achieved by Christ's death than the removal of guilt for sin. We have been sanctified, and that verb is in the perfect tense. It is actually done. Our sanctification is perfectly accomplished By Christ for all time, for by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified already. In God's mind, we are as perfect as his son. Because the one sacrifice of Jesus paid it all. Everything that is required of us has already been paid. Because we're sanctified. Well, what Does being sanctified mean it's a matter of being set apart by God for His use? Being cleansed. First Corinthians six eleven says of Christians, Ye are washed, ye are sanctified. That is to say. We are cleansed from sin. Not a taint, not a spot is visible in the all-seeing eye of God. We are taken out of the sphere and power of the world of sin and live right now in the sphere and power of God's holiness. That's our state of being. Get your chin up off your chest and stop banging folks' pardon for saying that you are holy. And if you're not saying it You better start Saying it Amen Well, you ask How can that be Oh Christ is he is for us in him our position before God is one of being holy he took us unworthy as we are into the fellowship of his own perfectness he gave us a divine transplant he removed from us the ulcerated Infested, contaminated, diseased self, and replaced it with his own perfect life. We have put on Christ. And we are to live in him. Our whole life is prepared for us to be received out of his hand. And we run into serious trouble when we take it out with his hands. But if we leave our lives in his hands, he will mold us And make us after his will. That's a reason to shout. But looking one more time at the text, something better is revealed. For I hear you say, I want to be holy, but I don't feel holy. When I look at my rising and falling, my gaining and losing. It's hard for me to say I am holy. But I'm trying and that's all right. The text makes room for that. If we look back to verse 10, it tells us that by the will of God, through the one sacrifice of Jesus, we are sanctified. And when we look at verse 14, it tells us by one offering, He has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now, now, now that sounds like two verses saying the same thing and uh, arouses my curiosity and sends me to the original language, and I discover that in verse 14, we are dealing with a present participle describing an action that is continuing. And so it reads, He hath perfected forever them that are being sanctified. Two things are being said. When God beholds us in Christ, we are completely sanctified, completely holy, and He relates to us accordingly. He listens when we pray, He blesses us every day. He owns us as his sons and daughters. But practically, in our everydayness, we are being carried through a process by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that process, our new life in Christ has to master and perfect holiness throughout our whole outer being. We have to keep practicing until we talk like Jesus. We have to keep practicing until we can love, be merciful, be gracious, be kind, be compassionate. Like Jesus, we have to keep practicing until our saved inner person becomes our active person outside and people can see Jesus in us. So our desire is, I want to be more, and more like Jesus, I want to be more and more like him, yes, more about Jesus, let me learn, more of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher be showing the things of Christ to me. We have reason to shout. God sees us as holy. God treats us as holy. We are all that because Jesus died to make us like him and to give us reason to shout. Let folk talk about noise all they want. Let folks say they make too much noise. All they want. But when you think about Jesus and all he's done for you, your soul cries out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.